Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 94th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week, we are joined by Heather Bartlett, Director of Concessions and Merchandise for the Norwich Sea Unicorns, members of the Futures League. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to the older episodes. There's something back there for everyone, I promise. And I would love to give more shout-outs this year. Easiest way to do that is drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts a little bit and turns more people into members of the TARP crew. Um, you know, more listeners definitely make the show better, obviously. Um, in case you missed it, uh, you've been living under a rock somewhere, uh, there is a designated Twitter account now for the podcast, so go ahead and follow that at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast and reach out about becoming a guest. Also, businesses can reach out there to become sponsors. Would love to get one of those in 2022. Hint, hint. And if you really want to, you can also follow me on Twitter personally at It's R.A. Coon. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. Speaking of the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account, we now have merchandise, everybody. You can now get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. Still trying to think of the perfect design for a t-shirt, but I'll get there eventually. You can find all of the Pulling Tart Podcast merchandise on our Twitter account or on tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B. LIC.com. If you're going to the Twitter account, it is under a link tree that's in our bio. So go check that out. With that being said, let's chat with Heather Bartlett. Heather, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super excited to have you on. Uh, you tweet a lot about fantasy football, and I oh, appreciate yeah. it. I'm I'm a big fantasy football guy. I listen to a fantasy football podcast every day during the season. Um, not to say that it helps me because I finished like fifth and sixth in both of my leagues this year, but. I know that you gotten into the championship. How did your matchup go in the fantasy football championship? Um, sadly, I lost oh. uh, the championship round. Um, so I'm, I listened to Fantasy Focus live. You know the ESPN one with mm. Field Yates and Matthew Berry. Yeah, because they filmed that actually in Connecticut. Oh, in cool. Bristol. Okay. So um, yeah, so I I watch their YouTube every day and listen to them. So. 
I thought I was pretty good going in, but uh, I lost. Like, I had Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Allen. Oh, my but gosh. But it was just the Bengals came out of nowhere. I mean, who are these Bengals players? I know. The guy I played, he had Jamar Chase and Higgins. There was just no coming back from it, yeah. Wow. It, it, it was rough going. That <laughs> It's fine. To have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the same t- fantasy team is kind of wild. Yeah. But oh, I mean, look, I, I had I had Jonathan Taylor. Remember the one week he had five touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just annihilated the poor guy I was playing that week. Yeah. And <laughs> and then he didn't perform in championship week. Wow. No, I mean Carson Wentz. I mean throwing on third and two. I mean you have the best running back in the league practically, and you can't have him run the football. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, such a clown show. And then George Kittle just oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> was this an office league that you were in or a family league? Nope. So this year it was a league of two of our former box office managers. Um and the rest and one kid that goes to UConn, he did our video last year. Okay. Futures League is big on streaming and video content. Yeah. Um so he was in our league. The rest were all boys that worked for me. Oh, my cool. concessions department. So it is kind yeah. of an office league. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. But not like the front office. Like years ago, the front office, when we were bigger, yeah. we used to have a league. And um, the joke, running joke was whoever Heather drafted first was going to blow their knee out because I had Jamal Charles. <laughs> I had David Johnson. So, like, remember when Jamal Charles like blew out his knee? They put a little shrine next to my desk with like a candle and a picture of him on the ground writhing in pain, and I was like, "This is just horrible." Yeah. So for me to get to the finals was actually a big year, but I had a lucky draft. So yeah. maybe we thought Cooper Cup was going to do what he did. I you know? know. Well, hey, I yeah. I think I drafted <laughs> Raheem Mostert in the second round um, uh, this year, and he played, I think two plays and that was it he was done for the rest of the year so fantasy football is is painful um but man it's so much fun though hey i did i so i went to the eagles game on saturday and i put in a fan duel lineup just just for the eagles game the eagles cowboys and i 25 cent lineup won 144 bucks Oh, look at that. There yeah. you go. So, yeah. yeah, so, I, so yeah. I, it did work out as far as that goes for fantasy football. But that's... Because they opened a fan duel. I live in Connecticut, right? So yeah. I live near the two biggest casinos in the country. Ooh. So fan duel is actually at one of the casinos now. So oh. you can just go down to the casino, place all your bets, and do it right there at the, at the site that's and watch pretty, the games. That's so. pretty cool. I'm wow. not that far gone yet, though. <laughs> so, why did you guys have championship week in week 18? I don't, I don't know, because like I looked at the, I mean, I locked up my playoff spot pretty, pretty early. Yeah. Um. So I, I looked at like the schedule, and I was like, why are we playing two week playoffs, right? But the, I guess that's how the commissioner set it up. Which, I mean, two weeks was good in the finals because I would have given me a chance to like beat the guy. But sure. If I had just had like, closed it out week one the first two weeks i would have been happy with that like i would i would think like week 18 is or the last week of the season no matter how many weeks there are is so difficult because there's going to be teams that already have that are already in the playoffs right like 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 when i went to the eagles game on saturday none of their starters played they played the second string the entire time so like if you had guys like jalen hurts or Devontae smith that got you to the championship 
you can't even yeah. play those guys. So it's no, you know the guy I was playing had Dalton Schultz though, who had two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, you know, so but he lost all the Bengals players. Uh, At least I was lucky. Everyone I had was playing for something. Like Josh Allen was playing for something. Jonathan Taylor should have been playing for something. Yeah. You know, Cooper Cup. They right. just, we just couldn't pick it up. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. Second place. You win some, you lose some. So. In a league of all boys, I'll yeah. take it. So. Yeah. Heck yeah. What was, what was your team name? My team name is pretty funny. I'll tell you mine after I hear yours. <laughs> is it appropriate? Though? Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I have two teams and I've always been in the one league. I've been prestige worldwide. Um, okay. Yeah. So from um, Step Brothers. So... Um, that's been a continuous thing. And then my one for the, it's a league that I'm in with a bunch of guys that I worked at the shorebirds with. And so we try to, (laughs) we try to name our teams after like inside jokes in the front office. And we used to have this, uh, this, I'll call her seasoned lady. She was a little bit older than everybody else that worked in the office. And she was in charge of our merchandise and which wasn't very good at the time um and you'll find out why here shortly um and she like answered the phones and stuff like that she was our front desk person and whenever i would walk by her desk to go to the restroom she would be playing mahjong and so i would on the computer so I would call, or solitaire or something like that. So I would call her the Majan Queen. And so that's what my, uh, that's what my team name was, the Majan Queens this year. What was yours? So my team name was Three for the Dry. <clears throat> okay. So um, with a small front office and mm-hmm. a small staff, uh, they heavily relied on game day staff to pull the tarps. Yeah. So... I have probably six or seven boys in the warehouse. So every night, fourth inning, I get we get the phone call. Can we send three down for the drag? Okay. So I'll never forget. It was Fourth of July, biggest night of the summer, right? I'm in. I mean, one of my concession stands frying fried dough. You mm. know, like I'm not above doing it, but I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't happy with my life at that point. Sure, sure. So here comes the, here comes the radio call. I mean, he's the GM now, so I'm not going to say anything bad, but he, we needed people, but whatever. So here comes the call. Like I need three for the drag. And I got on the radio, and I'm like, if I find out any one of you guys goes down there for the drag, I'm going to flip my shit, right? <laughs> so it was just, that's just my joke, for the drag, because it was every night, so. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know how many episodes you've listened to, but fun fact, I was a director of food and beverage at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not my greatest position that I've ever had. Really? Well, because I was a communication major. So like my oh, yeah. we, well, you wanna know what my major was? What? Political science political science. <laughs> so I mean look let me look at look at us. I mean, you know? <laughs> yeah. I only did it for one year because because mm-hmm. so I interviewed for the director of media relations and marketing position. Okay. Yeah. They ended up hiring somebody else and they said, Hey, like you've worked in minor league baseball before uh, we know you're a hard worker. We we talked to um, to your references and all that, and we want to offer you the director of food and beverage position. I was like, "Are you looking at the right resume?" Like, all of my stuff is media relations and marketing related, and I moved to Wisconsin for the director of food and beverage position. And then after that one year, they fired the guy that was director of 
uh, media relations and marketing, and I just switched desks mm-hmm. in the front office and never never Got looked it. back. I I hated every single second of it, honestly. <laughs> So, I think it's fun. I think it's a blast every day. <clears throat> it so Fucking. there there was a lot of cool stuff, like don't get me wrong, but it was just like I don't know. I just I don't know. Um doing the ordering, I hated that. I hated oh, yeah. I hated the yeah. stocking. I hated cleaning the fryers and the grill and all right. that stuff. I, now the people who I worked with made it a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. My yeah, my yeah, interns yeah. were were great, but I I did not enjoy doing that at all. But hey, it to to get your foot in the door when you're fresh out of college yeah. is is something you know. It's 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 not for everybody, but hey, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. you've worked for the team in Norwich. <laughs> For over 15 years now. How... Yeah, it's actually, yeah, okay. it's a crazy story. So actually, yeah. um, the ballpark opened in 95. Okay. And um, it was a Yankee affiliate, the Norwich Navigators. Mm. So I was 16 years old, and my dad saw a job fair in the paper, and he drove my little butt up to the beer distributor across the street, because mm-hmm. the stadium wasn't finished yet. Our Budweiser is right across the street from us Oh, now. okay. <clears throat> So I went to the job fair, got a job as a cashier. So I worked there all through high school, all through college, and then I'm still there now. So, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But I didn't become a full-time staff member until the double-A team was there, the Defenders. Oh. They're the Flying Squirrels now. Yeah. So I came on full-time in 2009 because in 2008 we hosted the All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. And I made so much money hourly they figured, hey, we put Heather on salary. We're not paying all this overtime anymore. Oh, so, okay. There yeah. You know. I was making a lot of money on hourly wage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, so. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you you just started there as a game day worker and worked your way up. And yep. so mm-hmm. speaking of working your way up, you want to drop some, uh, some breaking news <laughs> on the Pulling Tart podcast? Yeah, so this morning at our staff meeting, I found out I got promoted to assistant general manager. So. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Do you yeah. know Do you know what added duties like come with that yet? So um, our former GM left in the fall to go to the Lake Monsters. Oh, okay. So I had already taken over most, a lot, probably 50% of what he did. Mm-hmm. So now I do all the AR... Okay. AP, payroll. Um, I have to do tickets until we hire a ticket person for the summer, okay. which will probably be seasonal. So I'm back there trying to wave my way through ticket return, trying to build mini plans and season tickets oh. right now and stuff like that. Wow. On top of my concessions and merch and then sales because sales is the number one priority. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have that too. Yeah. Okay. So. What? So, You've been so you've worked your way up obviously to to assistant general manager now. What has made you want to stick around? Like nothing ever you know came about that you wanted to go to another team or anything like that. I mean, where I live is a little tough, so we're a little spread out. So I think the closest team to me is the Yard Goats. Uh-huh. Um and then 
uh, Worcester, which is still a good haul for me, probably an hour and 15 minutes. Okay. So there aren't a lot of teams in the area to go to. So if I wanted to go to a different team, I'd have to move. And that was yeah. just never really on my radar because okay. like, all my family's here and everything. Sure, so. sure. I I did move quite a bit, um, but I ended up meeting my wife because of it, so it all worked out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I moved yeah. from Pennsylvania to Wisconsin, and then Wisconsin to Maryland, and now I live in Delaware, which is right up, you know, I live 30 minutes away from the stadium I used to work at, so which was in Maryland, okay. so. Um, yeah. But, okay, so... Like, I, like yeah. I wanted to go to D.C. Because my major, like I said, was political science. Yeah. And one of, my, one of my sorority sisters moved down there, like, right after we graduated. Mm-hmm. And um, this was, like, right after 9-11. And, like, I drove down to see her and, you know, stay at her place and everything. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to be down here where the action is. Because yeah. if you're in political science, I mean, that's where you want to be, down in D.C. Right. So, uh, but my car got stolen. So, I was like, <laughs> really? yeah, I don't think I want to live here. <laughs> so... Yeah, that, oh that ended gosh. that for me because I grew up in a small town in Connecticut. You know, yeah. we, we never locked our doors or anything. Yeah, you know, it was quiet. And then to go to DC and have your car get stolen, like I thought somebody had died. You know, and then the police wow. were like, "Do you have LoJack?" I'm like, "What's LoJack?" You know, oh, so I had to God. fly home, and then because of 9/11 just happened, I got flagged because I was flying one way, and I had right. my ticket that day. Oh. So yeah, I had to go through all the special security and everything, and I'm like, I I can't go back to DC. Oh <laughs> so my like, gosh! Did you ever get the yeah. car back? I did. The, the The lady that stole it um, was a woman. She actually hit somebody else with my car. So wow. my mom and I had to go down to Maryland in Prince Edward County, yeah. pick up the car, and have it shipped back to Connecticut. And then the person that she hit with my car like tried to sue me, and I was like, "No way, no. man! I was already on a flight home to Connecticut." Yeah, all the police reports it wasn't me. <laughs> wow, yeah, that is yeah. incredible. I've never heard a story she, like that. Yeah, and she wasn't very bright because I I was driving a convertible back then. You know, they have cloth tops. Yeah. So you figure just slice through the cloth top if you want to get into the car, right? Right. Oh no, no, no! She smashed out the windows. Oh my god! I was gosh. like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what a story! Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's crazy, one of the reasons yeah. you've been in minor league baseball for fifteen years with Norwich. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Plus, I'm I'm a tiny bit a li- little bit adverse to change as well. Okay, and like I've worked at that ballpark so long, like I've had the same sales rep from U.S. Foods for ten years now. Wow, yeah, like he and I, he and I are buddies, you know. Yeah, like, he knows what I need. We, it's just easy, you know, for me yeah. too. So if I went to a different team. It's starting all over again, learning all new systems and everything, True. which I'm not adverse to, but yeah, I mean, r- right now it's okay. So, yeah, yeah, of course. So you're, you, you were up until yes, or until today, director of concessions and merchandise. Like those yes. are two totally different like departments for most teams, I would say. So yeah. how did that come to be? So when I worked for the Defenders in AA, um, I strictly worked in concessions. I, I actually counted all the money. <clears throat> okay. Um, so I was I was in the cash room, and then I over like helped her the director like oversee um, concessions because she was the director of concessions and merchandise. Okay. Um, and then like I said, they figured if we bring Heather on full time, we don't have to pay her all the OT. So right. I got the full time job, and then she unfortunately got fired in May. Mm of 2008 okay so 
they called me in on my day off and they're like, you're the new director. And I was like, what? So they like, yeah, that was tough. But I mean, I knew a lot of it, but like you said, the ordering is tough. That was tough to learn all the, so all the different vendors, mm-hmm. all the different food items you have to order. People would be amazed how many different pieces go into what they eat yeah. at a ballpark, you yeah. know, and like all the different beer companies, like Connecticut's really strict on who can serve Budweiser, who can serve Coors Light, really? it's all the different okay. companies you have to deal with. So I had to learn all that on the fly. Sure. So, and because she was the director of both of them already, they just put me right in there. So concessions I was pretty good at to start. Merchandise took me a little bit longer to get a feel of, like ordering all that stuff, meeting all the vendors. Because like minor league baseball is very strict who you can order your stuff from and everything like that. Right. So learning all of that took some time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... Would imagine, yeah, being in a small front office like that, you know, it just piles on. Like, you know, people people oh, leave, yeah. people come and go. I mean, like at one point, my my business card never said it, but I was more or less an acting assistant GM. You know, I was in charge of all the corporate sales. I was in charge of the media relations and the marketing. I was in charge of the yeah. community relations. I was, you know, I was everything at one point, but. Yeah, it's yeah. um yeah, grinding and out in minor league baseball isn't easy sometimes when your when your uh, front office dwindles and, and No, stuff like, like we're that. like jacks of all trades, you know, like yeah. during COVID, I mean we didn't have a season because the seasons got canceled. Right. But we had a lot of showcase baseball, book, yeah. AAU, stuff like that. Sure. So like I'm out there on a weekend helping the groundskeeper weed the warning track. Oh. Which I had never done in double A. Like double yeah. A our office was so big. You had accountants working. You had an office, like the front desk lady you were talking about. Right. You had somebody answering the phones. But now in short season and now in the Futures League, I mean, you don't have the people to answer yeah. the front desk phone. You don't have somebody to help weed the, the morning track. You yeah. Know, if he needs help. Right. So I clean bathrooms. I've done everything there pretty much at that ballpark now. Yeah. You know, other than being a clubby because I can't be a clubby. So, but <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we're definitely jack of all trades in minor league baseball. So that's for sure. So you're in sales season, as I call it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What this is? I know this wasn't on the list of questions I gave you, but this is on the fly. What is the best sale that you've ever made? It doesn't have to be your biggest. Just what you consider your best. Oh, okay. So it was my most fun and biggest sale. Okay. So, um. There's local high schools uh, big around here do um, post-grad parties. Mm-hmm. So, like, after graduation, they go and have a, a party somewhere where the kids stay and close, and there's not a lot of drinking. Sure. So, um, I work part-time at UConn yeah. for the concessions company up there. Okay. So, and up there, all of our concession stands are run by nonprofit organizations. Okay. And one of the nonprofit groups that I oversee there is a local high school. Mm. And she had just mentioned to me in passing Oh, Heather, we can't get into the Groton subbase for our grad night. They canceled or it's booked. I'm like, have it at my ballpark. So we we set it up. We did it. It was a $22,000 sale. Oh. So it was 150 kids um, on a game day. So they had a fireworks show, a barbecue. We rented video game trucks for them so they could That's play video cool. games. Wow. Uh, we had a DJ. I mean, it was just a huge party. So, nice. I mean, it was just a good time. And I mean, that was half my sales goal. Boom. Done yeah. One night. Right. You know, 
And it was just because I work with other people outside my regular job and I made connections that way too. I mean, it was a long freaking night because it was opening night, get ready for that, you got the game, and then boom to that post-grad party that goes all the way to 5 a.m. And then we had a Saturday game too. I mean, I did want to shoot myself at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, I mean that was interesting. Something I'll, something I'll tell my grandkids about someday, right. you know. The commission on yeah. that must have been nice, too. Well, actually, on outside events, we only get 5%. Okay. So, it would have been, what, $1,000 then, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm something like that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. But still, okay. to crush that much of your sales goal. Yeah, in one right? night. Yeah, yeah. That's, in that's, one night. Just to, yeah, that's awesome. That was good, so... So but otherwise I hate sales. I hate it. I hate <laughs> cold calling. God bless the people that love to cold call. Oh, see, I hate, I hate it. I, I never had an issue with cold calling. I still do it now. Honestly, I work in insurance now, yeah. so I, I still do it. And that's one of the things my boss likes about me is that she's like, she's like, you're not afraid to pick up the phone and make a cold call. And I said, yeah, because I've been doing it for over a decade now. <laughs> so, um, but in, in, and plus like, people need insurance like you yeah, you yeah. in baseball you're trying to sell them something that they don't need and it's more difficult so yeah so you got to you got to sell the experience right exactly that's what i was always told oh, you yeah. know you got to sell your experience at oh, the ballpark you know yeah. birthday parties yeah stuff like that it's all yeah. about it's all about relating to people i think um yeah, yeah. so you know if you if you can if you can relate to somebody you can almost sell them anything really but Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with a guy. Yeah, he works for the Yardgos now. Okay, um, as like director of corporate sales, and just listening to him on the phone, like he was like your best friend when he called you. Right. Like he wouldn't probably know you from Adam, but just the way he could talk to people, like he could sell them a paperclip. Like I was yeah. always just so amazed by him. And now he's like a big wig at the Yardgos, and I'm like, I I could have called that 20 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he was right you know, fresh there in the office. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some people are just born with it. Other people they yeah. have to work at it. You know, it's. I was not born with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. But you, I mean, you're killing it in every other department. It seems so. What is the best concessions item that you serve at Dodd Stadium? The best concessions I am. Yep. I personally enjoy the chicken quesadilla on Ooh. our sweet level. That's one of my all-time favorites. Okay. Um, uh, but it's it's nuts though. Like one year I put in a hot dog stand. See, so, like you want to go into Subway and they build your sandwich in front of you or yeah. Jersey Mike's. So I put in a hot dog stand where you could build your own hot dog. Okay. So you put, like you put like pulled pork on it. You know, like bacon, cheese, whatever you yeah, want to do on it. That sounds good. So my boss was like, "Let's do Fruit Loops," and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, you're, you're smoking crack, right? Who's going to yeah. put Fruit Loops on their hot dog? So I'm scrolling Twitter the other day. Somebody's like serving it at one of their one of their ballparks oh. or at like one of the college games tonight. And okay. I was like, what is going on here? Because we sold maybe four that whole summer. Really? It was such, okay. yeah, nobody bought the Fruit Loops hot dog. <laughs> interesting. I know. But that was an interesting thing I tried. So. Okay. I know in Erie, uh, they have the cotton candy hot dog. And Do you follow Tom on Twitter? Do you follow him? No, the concessions guy. I think I think I do actually, but I've had the general manager for the Sea Wolves on the podcast, and yeah, yeah. So it's the hot dog wrapped in cotton candy, and then there's yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's nerds in it too. Yeah, how was it? Have you had it? No, I haven't had it. No, no. Yeah. I I should go back. I was born in Erie, but I didn't live there for very long. Um, okay. w- Williamsport is my is my hometown, which 
I I knew that um you know the Connecticut Tigers because they were in the New York Penn League at that time. So yeah. um speaking of that we'll we'll jump back to the merchandise um question but what okay. what was it like transitioning from being the Connecticut Tigers in the New York Penn League to the Norwich Sea Unicorns in the Futures League? Um so we did our name change actually in December of 2019. So before contraction happened and okay. before COVID. Right. So we had already done the name change at that point, which I didn't realize was such an involved process, mm-hmm. um, changing your name and the logos. Yeah. Um, so we had like four final names that we were thinking about doing. Um, we had to buy the website domains for every single one of them. Okay. Like I heard rumors of a team. I don't know who it was out in the Midwest, but they didn't lock down all their um, web domains and somebody bought one of them and like, it was holding it hostage or something. I don't know if I oh. heard a rumor about that years ago, but okay. But it was a crazy process to change our name. We worked with Brandios. We're just amazing. Those two guys yeah. flew in took a tour of our city to learn more about yep. the area, to come up with the name and the logo and the story behind it. Yep. Like, I was just very impressed by those two gentlemen. Um, and then COVID hit. So we didn't play 2020 and then contraction came. So it's, it was crazy. So I remember I was sitting at home in April cause you're working from home at that point mm-hmm. um, in 2021, April 21. And my GM called and he's like, uh, we're playing this year. We got three weeks to get ready. And I'm like, huh. wait, what? Yeah. Like, Are you serious right now? It's like, I hadn't really ordered any merch. Yeah. Hadn't hired a single person. Yeah. Like I hadn't, I opened concessions a little bit in 2020. We hosted some concerts, you know, okay. some small city chamber concerts. Sure. But only one concession stand, not the whole ballpark. Like right. sweets menu, I hadn't even thought about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I mean, to get your ballpark ready for a season in three weeks it was crazy, but I will say the boys and the kids that work for me are amazing kids because they helped me set up that ballpark in three weeks, helped me get everything going. Um, the baseball side of it is actually pretty pretty much the same. We played the same amount of games, 38 home games. Okay. So we started in uh, Memorial Day weekend and went through mid-August, so around the same as short season used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a lot of local guys that signed with us. Oh, that's <clears> cool. Uh, there was one guy... Uh, Colton Bender, who's actually from Lebanon, um, so that's like ten minutes from our ballpark. Uh, he played for us for a little while, so he brought a big contingent out. Okay, I think he actually got signed by a team. I don't know exactly which MLB team he got signed by, but okay. and I thought the baseball was a little bit better because they were, you know, local kids trying right. to impress scouts, you know, before the draft. So they were, you know, out there trying and everything. Not saying Detroit sent us bad players, but, right? You know, those guys were already signed and are learning how to play the game and right. everything. So a lot of those players. So for that aspect, I thought it was pretty seamless. So, mm. but the three weeks before the season was a little, yeah, I got a little gray hair from that one. So I had to start going to the salon after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it was, it was a lot of hurry up and wait, I imagine. Um, you know, you yeah. just, yeah. you're just sitting there kind of twiddling your thumbs until they say go. And then it's a yeah. ra- race yeah. till the end. Yeah, because MLB, I mean, they didn't even call us to tell us we were contracted. You found out on Twitter, probably. We found out on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, Like, Detroit didn't call us. You know, we found out on Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. And so for like what four months there, we were just sitting there. Are we are we opening this year? Like what's going on? Right. You know? So I mean, I was thrilled that we were playing a season, sure. but it was a lot of stress and stuff getting ready oh, for that. I'm so. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're you're in the merchandise world now. So what's mm-hmm. the best piece of merchandise that you have ever designed? So the most fun one we did was actually for the Sea Unicorn's name. It was, uh, we ordered it from Foamworks. I'm mm-hmm. sure some of the MLB people out there know them. It was a foam narwhal horn. Oh, that's cool. So it goes like the little strap goes under your chin and it's like a horn that comes out of the head. And like, I looked at the artwork and I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and our senior VP at the time, he's, he used to work, he works the lake monsters mm-hmm. and he is always into crazy and funny stuff. So he's like, no, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, we'll order, you know, a few hundred. Right. Yeah. The, when the kids get in the park and saw that horn, it flew off the shelves and you just wow. saw little kids running around the park with horns coming out of their heads. It was just <laughs> hilarious to me. Yeah, I never thought it would have happened, you know, but yeah, we sold out of those pretty quick. That's so, funny. And, and like, I think in the Futures League now too, we have a little bit more leeway because when I was a Detroit affiliate, um, I don't know if you, you've seen our logo, it's that C, that old English C. Yeah. And our, our Connecticut Tigers script logo was copied off Detroit's basically. Sure. So any anything I ordered, I had to be very mindful of what Detroit would say mm-hmm. because if it was wild and crazy or looked anything you know, that they wouldn't like, they right. would put the kibosh on it pretty quick. So, like, yeah. Erie has a little bit more leeway. They were another affiliate in Detroit system. Yeah. They can, you know, they're not, their name isn't really tied to Detroit like ours was. So sure. I always had to be really mindful of what I was ordering. Right. You know? I would imagine. And Detroit, like, there's some Detroit fans out in Connecticut, but we're definitely Red Sox Yankee country. Yeah. So our logo was a little stale after nine years. So that's I why we, we did the logo change. Okay. Yeah. So what's yeah. what is the story behind the sea unicorn's name? I mean, I know it's a Norwal. Are, are there Norwals in Connecticut? I don't even know. There are not Norwals in Connecticut. No, okay. um, I should know this story better. Actually, I sat in so many meetings with Brandy Oaks and my GM and everything. <laughs> so Norwich is located on a river called the Thames River. Okay. And the Thames River. Um, dumps into Long Island Sound, which is, you know, that little area between Long Island and the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. So Norwich is a little further up the Thames River, and it was well known for shipping. Okay. Um, back in the 17 and 1800s. It's a little bit north of Mystic, Connecticut, okay. which is very well known for their whaling. Hmm. So the story is, is when they were out on their long journeys whaling, out in the you know, like the up near Canada and up there, they would okay. see these unicorns of the sea, the narwhals. Oh. You know, like in Buddy the Elf. Yeah, like, you know, Buddy's you know saying bye to his narwhal friends. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. out there in the you know the ocean. Yeah. So like people are like, called the unicorns of the sea. So our logo has the captain's hat on it, and it has certain like colors, like the gold and the blue, to go with the sea captain. Mm-hmm. You know, story like the you know like the rough sea captain that would be on the boats that used to right. dock in Norwich. Yeah. Okay. So it goes with that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So I still get emails from people that are like, "You should have went with Norwich narwhals instead of the Norwich sea unicorns." But I mean, you know how it's been the last five years. It's wild, crazy. Yeah, the, the craziest. Yeah. You know what I mean? You the know, crazier, the, the better. Sod poodles. Exactly. Yep. So that's why we went with sea unicorns. Okay. It's wild and crazy. It got people talking about us. Like, we were the top three hat 
in minor league baseball. Yeah, hell yeah. When we when it came out, and we were only on sale for a month. Okay. And we were still in the top five. That's top five, awesome. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My my yeah. wife is not a sports person at all, um, and I told her. I'm interviewing somebody from the Norwich Sea Unicorns tonight, and she said, "Boy, they just come up with the craziest names ever." And then I, and then I said, "Yeah, the sea, the sea unicorns. It's like the Norwal." She goes, "What's a Norwal?" And I said, "You know, in Buddy the Elf, the 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 yeah. thing that says, um, bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad.'" And she goes, "Oh, that's that's yeah. it. Okay, that makes sense. So, so yeah, that reminisces yeah. with her." <laughs> Do you know that's a tooth, actually? Their horn's a tooth? No. That's what I think I've heard. Yeah, we have a billboard up at the stadium that like gives the history and everything. I should actually go read it. That's pretty funny, actually. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a tooth. Oh, yeah. it's, interesting. It's not really a horn. Yeah. Huh. So, you learn something new every day, I guess. So. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Boy. Um, so we were talking about how, you know, working in a small front office makes you just, you know, do a little bit of everything here and there, you know. You're you're not what do they, what do they say um, you know master of, master of none but you know you're good at a lot of different things or so what's it like working in such a small front office besides that I guess so before there was four of us so I mean it's like everyone's there for everybody you know you have yep. to be a team at that point you mm-hmm. I mean even if you don't like your coworker, you still got to come to work every day and, and be a teammate with them so <clears throat> but I had worked with two of the guys since day one since 2010 when the team started the Connecticut Tigers mm-hmm. <clears throat> and right now it's just me and one other guy and you know he and I both have our jobs that we're supposed to do and we come in and we get the job done we're yeah. not friends outside of work but I know he has my back and I have his when we're at the ballpark and yeah. at the stadium so okay. but I mean it, it is challenging ticketing is not something I enjoy god bless the box office managers around the country because sure. building tickets is tough and I see the ticket holders 80% of them I love them but then you got the ones that need to come and pick out their seat right. and actually sit and look which I'm totally fine with if you're spending that kind of cash on it Sit in the seat, see what your vantage point is, but it's then during the season. Like, if I'm their sales rep, they come and find me. Like, oh, Heather, my seat's not working. Yeah, Yeah, my discount didn't go through in the store. And, you know, I got 50 million other things on my brain, but I still have to service that client, which I'm fine with. But, I mean, sometimes it's a little little much for me. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge in a small, small front office, I will say Yeah. So, So, um... Now, obviously, you've been there for a while. You were there when, um, when the the, um, the yard goats had to play at your ballpark, right? For home games. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. How yeah, did that go? Like months they did. Yeah. Um, they were great. I mean, to come in. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, it was definitely some great revenue for our team. I will sure. say that because they paid us a rental fee. Right. Um. It was a little tough, you know, with the clubhouses and, you know, they have a different way of going. They had their own chef come in and cook their food. I need less work for me to do. Yeah. But I enjoyed working with all the people from the yard goats. And then just this, I always said, and every year I've worked in baseball, double A is the special level 
that's where you're going to see the guys that are going to make it. Yeah. Cause like when I worked for the Yankee affiliate, like, um, Nomar Garcia Parra came to our park. Alfonso Soriano played at my park, mm. you know, Nick Johnson. Wow. Um, Deki Arabu, like really good Yankee players played at my park. Mm-hmm. And when the yard goes for there, Andrew Benatendi came in. Oh. Cause he played for the Red Sox affiliate. Yeah. And he played the Rockies affiliate. Okay. And I got his autograph, you know, so Ooh, now I have cool. it, you know, just, I'm sure your autograph collection is probably pretty extensive too. So like I have no, that over there. So not really. Um, no. I ju- I just I never I never ask guys for their autographs. I just I just never did it. Um, I do have a like my in my position. I did a lot of planning and designing of the bobbleheads and like the boxes and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So. I have a big bobblehead collection at my office um, of mm-hmm. ones that I've, you know, either either um, talked to the player or the celebrity that we made them of and, like, got their okay, mm-hmm. or I helped design the bobblehead, or I designed the bobblehead box itself, um, stuff like that. That's that's what I hang on to the most. But... What's your favorite one you've done? Um, I would say, um, there's, there's two that, that really stick in my mind. Um, one is Greg Vaughn, um, who, who played for the Brewers for a long time. Um, I think he's in the Brewers Hall of Fame. And, um, so he played in Beloit and so I got his number. I had to call, I called the Milwaukee Brewers and even right. though we were in Oakland A's affiliate, they the they were called the Beloit Brewers at one point, and so I I called like their alumni association and got Greg Vaughn's phone number, and then right. um, called him and like talked to him on the phone for probably like a half hour, and he gave us mm-hmm. the go ahead. He's like he's like yeah, just send me a couple boxes of them, like that's cool. Um, and then he was asking me about like the stadium and stuff like that, and what's changed and what hasn't. And then um, we did one of a local country singer um, near where I live now, and I, I like just inboxed him on Facebook and was like, "Hey, would love to do a bobblehead of you." And I, yeah. you know, worked worked back and forth with him and his team on designing it and I designed the box and everything like that. Um, and I, and I got one signed by him. So that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. as well. Um, those are probably my favorites. Nice. I have my own bobblehead. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. If we hit our sales goal one month, you got your own bobblehead. So mine, uh, she's wearing a Connecticut Tigers Jersey and I'm holding a foam finger. Okay. Yeah, she sits on my desk proudly. So, okay. Yeah. You just have one, or did you guys do a giveaway? Just if you hit your sales goal, you just got the one okay. for yourself. So I got one. My coworker Ed at the time got one, and then our GM at the time, Dave, got one. Okay. So we each have our own. I think my favorite bobblehead we've done. We did um, a mustache appreciation night yeah. a few years ago. So have you ever seen Magnum PI? Yeah. You know, Magnum wears that old Detroit hat. Right? Oh yeah. So we did we did a bobblehead of a Tom Selleck look look alike. It looks like Tom Selleck. He's wearing the Hawaiian shirt and the aviators and he's mm-hmm. got that Detroit Tigers hat on. Yeah. Yeah, it salutes a mustache night. Yeah. Oh. We did a Costanza one year too. We did a nothing night. 
at the ballpark. Oh, there you go. So we did one that looks like Costanza, and we called it the assistant to the traveling secretary <laughs> bobblehead. Yes. So I will say during COVID, you know, you always get an extra box or two behind yeah. your promo room, right? Mm-hmm. So during COVID, we needed revenue to come in. So I said to my GM, I was like, I'm going to go look in the promo room and see what I can sell here. Right. So I, I sold all those bobbleheads. There you and go. And that brought in, you know, a ton of money during COVID when we needed revenue to come in, you know? So, okay. That we should we should lobby for for Heather Bartlett uh, bobblehead giveaway since you've been there so long. I don't I don't know if anyone would come to the ballpark for that though. I, I don't know. You might be surprised. I don't know. Yeah, there are the but, people that will take any bobblehead you want. Like yeah. that's, it's always funny on bobblehead nights. You get the people who uh, buy like ten tickets, you know, and <laughs> get their ten bobbleheads and run out to the car. A few years ago, we had people like offering kids money. Oh, yeah. yeah, like here's twenty bucks. Can I have your bobblehead? And you yeah. get the people that call in advance and be like, "I can't make it to the game. Can you put some aside for me?" And it's just like Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I can't. <laughs> I mean, it's the first thousand people that come in. Right, know? right. So yeah. you do a haunted ballpark, apparently. Um, no, so okay. Like, I'll clarify. All so right. I am of the opinion my ballpark is haunted. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so a few years ago, we used to do a spookathon with Panera Bread, and they would decorate a haunted clubhouse okay. and do that. But I am of the firm opinion our ballpark is haunted. Why do you think that? So. This was, I think, 2009. So, you know, D.A.R.E., you know, like the drug and alcohol program kids used to do, mm-hmm. our education days. We used to have an education day. And we'd have to be at the ballpark at 6 in the morning concessions to cook a 1,000 hot dogs for the little kitties for their lunches. Right. So I, we, we would just sleep over. It'd be like me and, like, a few of my staff members. We'd just sleep over the night before after the game and, you know, sleep in the suites. And then you could be at the ballpark at 6 a.m. I'm not yeah. a morning person, so it's just easier yeah, for me yeah. to be there. Yep. So... Um, I went to the bat, the restroom probably around two in the morning and I could hear women talking in the bathroom Whoa. and I was like, oh, what the hell is going on here? Like we're the only people here. Yeah. So that freaks me out. Yeah. And then one night, um, we have an outdoor walk-in and freezer down in our picnic area, behind okay. our picnic area. Yeah. And all, all the lights were off in the ballpark and I had walked down there to check the locks, make sure everything was locked. And it was one of those locks that it's just hard to get through the slot and everything, whatever. So I'm struggling with it and I couldn't get the lock to go. And I'm saying to myself like, Oh my God, this sucks. You know, I can't get this freaking lock locked. And I can hear kids laughing at me. And I'm like, oh. what? Oh, like there's literally nobody down here. It's just me. It's dark. Oh. Cause my ballpark is crazy. We're in the middle of the woods. Oh, We're not okay. like a, like a city, like a downtown or anything. We're up on the top of a hill in an industrial park and there's a lot of woods around it and houses so i was like oh. no way like what's going on here so people are like little kids are laughing at me as i'm struggling so i get on my radio and i call my warehouse manager i'm like you need to come down and get me on the gator because i'm not walking back to the office in the dark and he had to come down and get me on the gator and bring me back and it's funny because he's a meteorologist now in the local oh wow news station yeah <laughs> so and then we had that and then one year we had a game and it was going to be um halloween in july or something it was like yeah. friday the 13th we were gonna have halloween at the ballpark okay 
beautiful, beautiful sunny day. Our bus breaks down coming back from like Jamestown or somewhere. So the team never made it in time for the game. So we had to forfeit the game on a Friday night fireworks. Like we still go to the ballpark. Like all this stupid, like bad things were happening. So my bosses brought in a priest to actually bless the park. Oh, okay. Did it work? They were just... I mean, we still had some crazy stuff happen happen at the park, but I've never, I haven't heard anybody laughing at me in the dark anymore. Okay. Stuff like that. That's good. And I have the holy water on a desk in the office now too. So if anything happens, I'll okay. just break out the holy water. Wow. But yes, you've had the ballpark blessed. You give me, you give me goosebumps over here, man. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, because like Norris is crazy. Like, we have a psychiatric hospital that's supposed to be haunted too. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yikes. Well, they say that about towns that, you know, I mean, Norwich has been around since the 1600s. So, I mean, you know, history mm. there. So Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wild. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, working in minor league baseball, especially in a front office, all kinds of stuff gets thrown at you. What's the craziest situation that's occurred during a game that you've had to assist with? I'm not sure I'm supposed to talk about it, but, you know, what the heck. So, um, three years ago, we had a bomb threat at our ballpark. Oh. And it was just some idiot, you know, on the internet made a comment on some article somewhere that he said our stadium should get bombed or something. And somebody reported to the local police, and they came down and shut down our park we'd evacuate the park this was like at i don't know three o'clock on a friday okay busy busy night so we had to evacuate all the staff out of the park all the Mm -hmm. players get everybody out and then we had to like couldn't let fans into the parking lot and then they had to bring in the you know the the dogs to search the whole ballpark we had to get permission from detroit to let them play players and everything but for me you know, my staff is, is 95% high school and college students. Right. So, like, I would, had to make sure that my staff was safe, you know, out of the ballpark and safe in one space and do a head count and make sure everything was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because I always, like, I don't feel like I'm their mother when they're with me, but, like, I'm definitely responsible for them. Sure. You know, so, like, I had them in the parking lot, you know, playing cornhole, you know, gave them some water. They're yeah. hanging out, you know, because... God forbid, you know, one kid like goes missing or something. And I got mom mm. and dad calling me on the phone, but that was the one night where I was like really aware of how responsible I am for other people yeah. at the park. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That was that for me. That was one of the craziest, weirdest nights I've ever had to deal with. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So like you said, most of your game day staff is all high school kids, college kids. What's the worst excuse that a game day staff member has ever used to call out of work? <laughs> this is actually a funny story. So, um, I used to work part time at the local concert, outdoor concert venue, Xfinity Theater in Hartford. Okay. Um, so I would work concerts when I didn't have games. I ran the money room there. Um, I didn't go back work to work there this past year because they've all gone cashless, as a lot of other oh. ballparks and arenas have gone. So I didn't go back. Okay. But um, <clears throat> on our schedule that summer, we had Chance the Rapper. Okay. Yeah. It was one of their shows. I like, I like Chance the Rapper. Entirely sold out. You know, big huge show. 
you know, my boss was upset with me because I wasn't going to be able to work it because I had a game in my ballpark. But I mean, that was my first party. She knew that when I got sure. hired for the job, that, you know, my full-time job came first. Yeah. So I tell my kids, they have to tell me two weeks in advance if they're going to take a night off for a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to know about vacations, whatever, two weeks in advance, just, you know, let me know. Yeah. And most kids are good about it. And, you know, I'm getting the emails coming through. Oh, can't make it Heather, June, whatever. I'm going to see Chancellor Rapper. I'm like, all right, you know, we're up to five, we're up to 10. Yeah. So finally, like the week before I was like, this is it, you know, no more call outs, whatever. So I, we, I was used to be in charge of the kids zone, you know, like the inflatables and stuff like that. So I had three girls that worked down there and the Friday game, the day of the concert, she calls me and she says, my stepmother's grandmother died. I can't make it into work. And I was like, oh, this, I'm so sorry, you know, because like, you know, my parents have both gone, passed away, you know, my mm-hmm. grandparents, you know, I, I feel for that. You know, I was, I was sad. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Right. So during the game, text messages start coming into my phone from the kids that are at the concert, pictures of that girl at the oh. Chance the Rapper concert. And for her to see that her out of 20,000 people was just nuts yeah so i was i was like i don't even know what to say about this i mean if, if you're gonna call out of work just tell me be honest yeah where you're going right i'm not gonna fire you you know what i mean so the next day she's back at work and i was like you know i i got a card a sympathy card on my way into work that day i was like i give her the card i'm, like, I'm so sorry about your step-grandmother and she didn't know what to say because she knew i saw the pictures but it's like I'm like, honesty is the best policy. Just tell me if you're going to a concert. I mean, you know, I'd be jealous of you for going to see Chancellor Rapper because yeah. I didn't get to go. So just be honest. <laughs> but that was the craziest excuse I ever okay. got from a kid. So, That's yeah. funny. That's funny. Um, so, I mean, being in charge of concessions and merchandise, I would imagine you have to have some pretty strange interactions with fans. What's been mm-hmm. the weirdest one so far? Okay, so let's see. I have a few. I'll give you a couple. So we have one. We have a bar outdoor outdoor bar called the Hole in the Wall Bar. We built it um, on the first base side because I have a walk-in cooler in my warehouse. Yeah. And I was like, we can knock out the wall here, make little holes, and put beer taps in there. So oh. the beers in, in the warehouse, and then the taps come out of the wall. Okay. And then we built a bar around it. Nice. I have one customer, a season ticket holder. He will only sit at the bar. He won't sit in his regular seat. He'll only sit at the bar. Okay. Because he likes to drink Budweiser and then go smoke his cigarettes, which is right around the corner. Okay. So, God forbid anybody sits in his seat. So, he'll get up and go smoke a cigarette or something. And he'll come back and, like, if people sit in his seat, he'll literally make them move and be okay. like, this is my seat. <laughs> so, he went home and made himself out of wood John's seat. And he puts it at the bar whenever okay. he leaves, so nobody sits in his seat. That's funny. So I always thought that was crazy. And then we have another one. I mean, I don't want to. I'm not making fun of her, but it was just so crazy. Like she used to bring a doll with her to every game. You know those American Girl dolls. Yeah. That's fine with me. You know, it's fine. But she's older. She's probably in her twenties or thirties. Which okay. I don't, I'm not making fun of her by any means. But I was in the bathroom one night. It was raining, and she was putting the raincoat on her doll. Because oh. it was raining outside, and I was just like, "What? What do you even say?" Yeah. But she asked me. She's like, "How long is the rain delay going to be? Can I take the raincoat off my doll?" And I, I mean, what do you say? Like, what do you say to that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I was just like, uh, "Rain delay is probably going to be another hour or so." You know, it's just uh. you know, your brain is just like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. So, you know, 
these yeah, people, I don't, I don't know, so. I don't know what I would say either. But wow, that's so. Again, yeah. again, you have a small front office. It, yeah. it's always interesting to hear about how small front offices work with pulling tarp. Um, <laughs> just because, because I've been in, you know, at one point we were a front office of four in Beloit. Um, so that, yeah. that, that was difficult oh, with, with a lot of effort. I mean, and I was very winded afterwards and, you know, they would just run out the four of you. That's it. Well, during the day, if we had to put it on during the day, we had to, there was okay. no, there was yeah, nobody yeah. else at the ballpark. We've, we've okay. done it. We've done it with four, but Jeez. so I don't know how you did it. <laughs> Good question. Well, I was much younger then too, so um, so that certainly helped. But do you have any wild or crazy tarp stories? I mean, the 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 rain does get pretty wild in Connecticut, I would imagine. So, yeah. So, to be perfectly honest, I don't pull the tarp unless absolutely needed because I have oh, rheumatoid arthritis, so oh, okay. I can't really pull it anyway. And plus, they run. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to get a good running start, and I can't can't run okay if they absolutely need another body i'll go down there and help them yeah so i think in my career i've done it maybe half a dozen times so my craziest story was so one year um we were going to the travelers golf tournament Uh in hartford okay so it was me and three of my other coworkers were going to the travelers because um my former gm used to play uh golf in college and knew a guy that was playing at the tournament got vip passes we were going to the travelers okay um i was a designated driver mm-hmm. we thought we were just gonna have an easy day going to this golf tournament they could drink whatever they wanted i drive them back blah 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 we get a text message tarp on your way back you gotta come and pull the tarp and i was like what i got four drunks in the car with me we're gonna go pull the tarp so we go we have to pull the tarp uh. Like, half the people are... Can I say the S-word or no? Yeah. Can I swear? Yeah. Okay, so half the people are shit-faced, and everyone else is pissed off because they got called in on a Saturday to go pull the tarp. Yeah. And, like, like one end of the tarp's going this way. One end... Like, it's just... It was just a shit show, and I'm just, like, sober as hell, standing <laughs> there like, I gotta, I'm gonna have to go and pull the tarp with these MFers. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> it was horrible. It was yeah. the worst. Just eight guys who just couldn't get their shit together to pull the tarp on. Yeah, so, but, there's yeah, but I, I've had coworkers lose radios underneath it. Mm. I had one guy just bite it and just get covered up. Yeah. Um, one year we had to have the team that was playing at our park help us pull the tarp. It was a college game. They didn't take their spikes off, oh. so they stepped on the tarp and got holes in it. I mean, it's just so right now we we have a phone tree that goes around, so they call like all the concessions boys. You know, they yeah. give like two hours notice if you want to come pull a tarp. Okay. We use the Legion team, the American Legion yeah. team in town, the high local high school baseball team. You know, we'll say, hey, you can play on our field for free if you come pull a tarp for us a few times. Okay. So, I mean, that's how we try to get extra help Yeah. to pull the tarp. Okay. But it is, it is a struggle. Four, I don't know how four people got it on because with eight, we, we struggle sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Um, so... You have a puppy, right? Yeah, so we got Cooper on last in spring of 2020, so during lockdown, we got okay. Cooper. What kind of dog is Cooper? He is a Yorkshire Terrier Brussels mix, I think. Oh, so tiny. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. He's a little guy, though. Yeah. His birthday is next week, so okay. my sister was ordering his birthday cake. 
Um, he's really spoiled. Yeah, I was going to ask how spoiled he is. Yep, at UConn, one of the other nonprofits I oversee is the local animal rescue. Okay. So um, my sister started following their group on Facebook. So we fostered a dog from Georgia named Danny. Mm. Um, so Danny moved in in October, and then my sister officially adopted adopted him right before Christmas. Oh, So okay. now we have two running around the house. Okay. What yeah. kind of dog is and Danny? He's a mutt. Like I, I look at him and I see corgi. Okay. But then there might be chihuahua. I, I mean, I, I don't know yeah, what kind of dog tiny. he is. He was wander, wandering the streets of Miami. Oh. And somebody turned him in, and then he ended up in Georgia. Okay. So a kill shelter. So yeah. the animal rescue like rescued him, brought him to Connecticut. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. So. Bo- we have Danny and Cooper right now. Bo Bo is the unofficial mascot of the Pulling Tart Podcast. And he mm-hmm. is, I want, I, he's definitely a Beagle mix. I think he's Beagle and Jack Russell mix. That's an interesting mix. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's a little wiry guy. Um, uh-huh. and he goes to doggy daycare like two to three times a week. So okay. he's, he's, yeah. he's really spoiled. So yeah. 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 Cooper, he went to, um, doggy training when he was a puppy okay and uh, my sister is a therapist and has her own practice so he goes with Kara every day to the office oh that's cool so he's he's living the life yeah Danny he's at home by himself oh okay yeah yeah but Cooper has clothes and he's little wears a little bow tie (laughs) yeah that's they funny. have more toys in a daycare center. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bo, very spoiled. Bo only has a couple of clothes. He's got he's got an Eagles t-shirt, and then he's got Christmas pajamas, which he hates because that's the only one that has like pants that come with it, and like he doesn't. We bought Cooper pants. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't know like... how to. He doesn't know how to walk in them. He won't wear them. No, yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't and, like. He stands there on all fours and like with it all fours spread out. Like he he, he has no idea. How, he just has no idea how to move in them. Yeah. Does yeah. He, did he used to like running on the field? Did you? Were you working baseball when you had him? No, I didn't. I didn't no. work in baseball okay. when I had him. Well, I guess for a couple years. Well, I guess one year I did. But no, he's he's too bad to he, he like he'll he'll run like out the door like i can't take him out without a leash or anything yeah so i took cooper to the ballpark that summer yeah 2020, when we had no games you know just, you know, right. just hanging on the ballpark and i bring him out to the field and i'm like look at all this green grass you can run around on He's yeah like, he had a small backyard fenced in i figured he'd like it yeah nah he just sat in his little butt right there in center field and <laughs> didn't want to go anywhere that's and i was funny. like you got this whole place yeah that's Wanted funny. no part of it so <laughs> yeah so we did yeah. have one listener question. You kind of answered it already on Twitter. <laughs> Eddie Mack said, Heather, what is one of your favorite memories of working in professional sports? Oh, Ed. Ed used to work with me at the stadium. He doesn't work with me anymore. He works for a, a nonprofit to raise money for cancer research. Oh, so okay. He, he, does their, he does their 5Ks all around the country. Okay. So I miss him dearly every day. But... um. So the one cool thing about my job is that um, over the years, all the people, all the kids that have worked for me, I've seen them, you know, grow up, get married, have kids. Yeah. You know, some of them are teachers now. One girl that worked for me works for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like she was putting pictures of her Super Bowl ring on. So, I mean, that was always something I've been proud of is that, you know, the kids that work for me, you know, go on to, you know, like follow their dreams and like become like good 
like nice, good adults. Yes. Um, so one of the guys that worked in my warehouse and one of the girls that worked in the money room for me got engaged during a game on the dugout. Oh, wow. Because they've been dating and then, you know, they, they got, they got engaged and like we, he set the whole thing up with us in the front office, That's you cool. know, brought her family in to do the proposal in front of them. And it was just, you know, cool to see, you know, like That's two kids cool. that worked for me, you know, ended up married. They have two kids now, a boy and a girl, you know, I, I just thought, you know, that was really cool and exciting to see yeah. that. So that is pretty exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So where can the listeners find you on social media, Heather? Me personally, so like I'm on Twitter, so you tag me there. I, I'm a big prolific Twitter user, so okay. I like to do that. I won't be talking about fantasy football anymore, though. It <laughs> still hurts right there, so yeah. I have that. Um, and our team, we're at Go, at Go See Unicorns, I believe, on Twitter. Uh-huh. And then I believe it's the same for Instagram. Okay. Um, and then we have Facebook. Um, now, what do you think? Should, like, should we get a TikTok going, you think? Oh, that is the way of the future. Uh, We had a TikTok for, you know, my last two weeks, I think, in um, in Delmarva. We we signed up for a TikTok. But besides that, I'm not on it personally. My wife sends me TikToks all the time. But I'm not. Because I like Instagram Reels. You ever watch Instagram Reels? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, most of them are just reposted TikToks. Right. There's some that are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So. I think TikTok is the way of the future, so you guys should should get on that though for sure. I'll have to love to hire somebody somebody younger though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me and my coworker we're we're not we're not um young and hip to that like yeah. making those videos. Like I'll do an Instagram story once in a while. Right. Like I did one on Saturday when I was waiting in line for my COVID. Like our town gave out free COVID tests. You know, oh, Joe okay. Biden sent them out everywhere. Yeah. So I'm sitting in line for an hour and I put it on my Instagram story. Yeah. But like nothing really but i was just wondering if any other teams would recommend TikTok, oh there so. there are a lot of teams that are big on tiktok too yeah um you know you can you can probably scroll back through um and i can i can actually help you you know if you want afterwards i can scroll back through like the other social media managers for the teams that i've interviewed and just i can give you you know their info and you can just kind of cool. talk to them about getting a tiktok and what all yeah. that entails so um Thanks. yeah absolutely yeah that's what's great about it that's what's great about our community i will say that yeah is it's like a, it's like a camaraderie because like i'm in a group of merchandise manager email group mm. with merchandise managers all over the country yeah and you know like somebody will like post in like where can i order logo balls from and like 10 right. different teams email and help them out you know and I, I just think that's always the greatest part of our industry is like it's definitely a camaraderie sure and like sometimes i feel like the ugly stepchild now because we're not affiliated anymore but no. the people in that group don't say anything to me oh, about that so, no no yeah no. i mean yeah it's it's all still the same so yeah that that is great like I, I know I would email other teams all the time and ask them, how did you do this on your website? How did you do that on your social media? You know, that kind of, or how did you do this on your video board? Because we got a brand yeah. new, we got a brand new video board and, and I was the guy that was supposed to run it and, and make everything, design everything that went up on it. I never worked with a video board in my life. So, um, yeah. it was, it was nice to have, to have, you know, people that I could reach out to for sure. Um, yeah. And then you are at HB underscore Heather on Twitter. That is my Twitter, yes. Yep, so, yes. so yep, that's where you can yep. find Heather. 
Um, and then I know you've listened to a couple other episodes. Um, I end with the same question every time, and I'm going to add it to the Pulling Tart Podcast walk-up playlist <laughs> on Spotify. So during your... You're not going to like my answer, though. Okay, well, we'll see. During your minor league baseball career, what has been your favorite walk-up song, and whose was it? I, so I wrote the, I wrote it down. So I've worked what, in minor league baseball since 1995. I cannot pick out a particular song okay. that I enjoy. But I will say, in my years in baseball, I've heard Latin music. Yeah, It goes from Latin music to rap music to country. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, if I had to hear Wagon Wheel one more time. <laughs> once, remember that one summer where it was the biggest thing ever? Yep. Like, yeah, but I don't have a one particular song, so okay. yeah, I'm sorry, I can't help you there. <laughs> okay, well, if you, if you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up song be? Oh, there's a song I really I really like now, uh, it's, it's called Money, but I think it's from one of the girls from Blackpink, that, that Asian group. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard it on like an Instagram reel. Like okay. a TikTok or something, and I enjoy it. So I went to Costco a few weeks ago, and I I bought eighteen items and spent almost three hundred dollars. So I used that song on my Instagram story, like spending all my money. That's <laughs> funny. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Money. I like black. all music, so okay. it's tough for me. So okay. country. Like I saw Dave Matthews this year. I Ooh. saw Harry Styles last year. So oh, okay. I'm very excited for the Super Bowl because we're getting Dr. Dre, Eminem. Yes, I'm. Dog. I'm super excited uh, I'm about it. Yep. Did you go to the Up and Smoke tour all those years ago? No, no, I didn't. Oh, I, but I did. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I, I I like all music, so <laughs> yeah. I um I've seen Wiz Khalifa probably like four times in concert. I've seen Jay Z yeah. in concert. I seen. Oh really? I'm I, jealous. Yeah, I've seen J Cole, Fabulous. Yeah, I've seen him. Um, I haven't seen him. Oh. Yeah, so I, yeah, I I love hip hop. That's that's for sure. But um, but yeah, I'm super excited about this Super Bowl. Um, I did meet Snoop Dogg one time. Um, vague. Yeah, this is a funny story. Um, and we'll we'll close out with this. Um, but so I went to a club in Williamsport, which is my hometown, and Snoop Dogg... Snoop Dogg was in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Yep. Get out of town. So Snoop Dogg was performing at... I want to say he was performing at Bloomsburg University. And this club paid for him to make an appearance afterwards. And the the club is called the Cell Block. So it's a really old building, and it used to be the city jail. And so... They it's it's they've actually done some really cool stuff with it, but like they still have some like jail cells and stuff like that. Like you know they take cool. out every other you know bar in it, and like mm-hmm. you know people can get up there and dance or whatever. But so I was I was upstairs and I was I was getting a drink at the bar, and the bar is like see through. So so like you know the bar is in the middle. I'm on one side, and the VIP room is on the other side. But like I can't okay. I can't get to the VIP room. I can only see who's in it. And so I'm I'm there ordering my drink and the, and then Snoop Dogg comes into the VIP room and he 
he like you know orders his drink from the bartender and she's making both of our drinks at the same time and we're just we're both waiting like you know 10 feet apart from each other just leaning at the bar waiting for our drinks and i and this is the whole conversation i i I just said what's up snoop and he goes (laughs) and he goes what up playa and that was the whole conversation that was so i met i met snoop dog one time so love it (laughs) It's awesome. So yes. and now he's going to perf- be performing at the Super Bowl. So I know it's yeah. like our, it's like my college years right there. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, love it's it. Great. So yours is Money by Blackpink. Okay. Well, I, th- I think it's one of the girls from that group. Okay. If you, if you go on YouTube, you'll find it. All right. It's called Money. I'll find yeah, it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. She's okay. on there, but I enjoyed that song. Yeah. But okay. I want to put a speakeasy in at my bar, at my stadium. Think Ooh, that'd be fun. That would be super cool. Because when we went to the promo seminar in El Paso, <clears throat> so what was that, 2019, fall 2019, we went to the promo seminar. Yeah. We went to a speakeasy in El Paso. Ooh. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that would be really cool, actually. Minor I'd like league, to put one in at my stadium. Or, yeah. you know, base, baseball's first speakeasy. That would be cool. Because, like, your, your, self, your self thing made me think of that. Yeah. You know, like, the, the rooms like that, like, you know? Yeah. yeah. That would be cool. Man. Yeah. All right. So, you need money, you need money though. So yeah. You need money. That's true. Minor League Baseball, you ain't got the money for that stuff. That's true. Maybe if you find a sponsor for it. Oh, God, here we go with the sales again. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm all about it. So, all right, Heather. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to come on to the Pulling Cart Podcast. This was a great interview. I really appreciate it. Um, And uh, best of luck this season, okay? Thank you, and best of luck to all the minor league people out there, too. Thank you. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.